we're moving forward with the Lord. How important it is uh, that as believers and as a church that that's what we do. And uh, what we're doing is we're learning to let go and let God, right? And uh, we're going to shift some gears, uh, shift gear here today a little bit. And what we're going to kind of move into is this thought, is uh, moving forward with Jesus, but also moving forward in our faith. Um, and uh, we're going to dig into this a little bit uh, for the next few weeks, moving forward in our faith. And uh, so we're going to begin to um, build, do some building, um, and, uh, and that has to do with building our faith. And what, um, what God had said to um, Moses and uh, to Joshua back in the day kind of applies to us today as we begin to build. And uh, what God said to them was this, be strong, there it is, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. Because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's a great promise from God, isn't it? I mean, we know that um, he's with us, right? We've called on his name. We've invited him into our lives. We've surrendered our will to him. And he's with us. And so um, because he's with us, we don't have to be afraid of what might happen or what could happen, we can walk out in strength and encourage to do whatever it is God has called us to do. And I, and I believe that uh, God is calling us to do some, some big things. I hope, I hope you're anticipating God doing some big things in us and uh, in, uh, in his body, in the church as well. So as we, uh, as we journey forward, there's a, there's a couple things that we want to kind of take from where we've been and keep in mind as we kind of move forward, as we talk about moving forward in our faith. And uh, these, are, these are a couple things that uh, we kind of like the foundation. These are like the ground level things that we build on, that we, we just understand as we go forward. The first one is this. Jesus commanded us to go. I mean, we know that, right? We all know that he said, go make disciples. So, so check number one, Jesus commanded us to go. So, so as we build, we build on the foundation block that Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. We have our marching orders right there in front of us. The second thing is this, he's coming back. And so we know that one day he's going to return and time, like as we know it, will be over and our chance to go will, will end. And so we go with uh, urgency, knowing he's coming back sometime soon, and when he does, it's going to be over. Time will be no more. And so we go with a sense of urgency as we go. He's coming back. And the third thing is this, we have a mission. We have a mission to carry out. Jesus gave us uh, like the remedy for sin. He's given us the cure. The greatest cure in all of eternity is in his son, and we have been entrusted with him, and we take Jesus to the world. That's the mission that he has called us to go and carry out. So as we build, those are the things we, we understand are our foundational truths, some of them, uh, that we build on. In John chapter 5, let me just mention this, uh, Jesus heals on the Sabbath day. Now, when Jesus healed on the Sabbath day, what kind of reaction did he get? Not a very good one, right? He said, Jesus kind of just, just didn't matter to Jesus. He just did that. He, you know, just, Jesus kind of just healed whenever the opportunity presented itself. It didn't matter what day of the week it was. So he heals on the Sabbath day, and the Jewish leaders, they don't like that. 
And so Jesus says these words. He says, he says to them, My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. That's a good word, because that's exactly what Jesus came to do, the work of his Father. His Father's working, Jesus is working, and the good news is this, we get to join him in that work. We get to be a part of that work that Jesus came to begin, right? He came to set in motion a work. And so together as a body, we get to work together for the glory of God as the church, as the people of God. We, we come together to work together. But as individuals, as we go out into the world, as we go out to our jobs or whatever it is you do, God has gifted you personally to take the, the mission, to take the message of Christ to the world wherever he puts you, like wherever that may be. Whatever work you're in or whatever school you go to, whatever group of people God has put around you, you have a mission to those people. And, and, and I hope what we're, we're beginning to see ourselves more and more in is that, that God has called us to a mission, that we are mission people. We are missionaries in the world when we leave this place and we go out into the world. We are light in the midst of the darkness. So, so what we're going to do here is uh, we're going to begin to build. We're, we're under construction. God is building in this church. God is building in our lives. And he's going to continue that work. He came to do that. His father sent him to work. And Jesus is working. And so right there with him, we are going to continue to work. Oh, up to this point, we've been doing a little bit of um, demolishing, some, some uh, remodeling and refurbishing in our, in our thinking, at least. I hope that, that we're thinking like those early disciples thought, not like church people today think. Because the way we think today isn't always in line with the way the disciples were being taught to think. And so hopefully we're trying not only to demolish like um, anything that hinders the work of the kingdom, but anything that holds us back as people, right? Strongholds, uh, powers and principalities and, and heavenly places that are trying to hold us back or hold you down, that we will be willing with the word of God and the spirit of God to crush anything that sets itself up as an idol, anything, and, and just get about the work that God has called us to and build Build the kingdom. Build the kingdom. So Paul wrote um, a number of letters to the churches. And uh, he wrote to them, encouraging them. He dealt with specific issues that maybe they were struggling with. And um, he encouraged them to, to walk with God. And he encouraged them to remain faithful no matter what happens. No matter what may come your way, just hang in there, fight through it and remain faithful. And what he shared with them was kingdom truth to these new believers. Because when Paul wrote to these churches, these were young churches with a lot of young disciples. Like, like in, a, in a 40, 50 year period, after his mission trips to these places where he established these churches, he then sent out letters to them to encourage them to remain faithful. And uh, the Philippians was one particular letter that Paul wrote that we're going to dig into for the next um, few weeks. We're studying this book on, on Wednesday nights as well, more verse by verse each chapter. But I want to hit on some things that Paul says in Philippians that are really in, in, important to us, that are important to the church as we build, because it's a book about building. It's a book about, about moving forward really in our faith. And uh, I'm going to pull out of this book 27 Truths 
that will help move us forward. So that's our, our plan as we kind of move forward in the weeks to come. We're going to hit as many of these as we can today, and uh, when time ends, we will stop, and we will, we will go and share the good news with the world, right? So that's our plan, is to, um, from the book of Philippians, some truths to move us forward in our faith. And I uh, want to flip there to Philippians chapter 1, if you would, with me. And we're going to look at several sections today uh, on some things that Paul says about this. Real quick. Sam, where you're sitting, there was a stack of little half pages. Are they there? Can you do me a favor and get those out to anybody who might want them? So I created a, a, a half page set of notes if you want those. Kind of fill in the blank. You can take notes on them. It's a little more room than the back of the bulletin is. Um, and I meant to get those to you. So thank you, uh, Thomas, for doing that, bro. We're in uh, Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to look at several sections this morning. Uh, the first one is chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. These are from, uh, this is from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. And look what Paul says here. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so, yeah, amen, right? Paul says, Paul says, first of all, I, I'm thankful. Like Paul says, I am thankful for you as Christians, as, as workers, as servants for the Lord Jesus. Paul is like thankful. That's how he starts many of his letters, just giving thanks to God for what God is up to and what God is doing. And uh, these, these particular Christians from Philippi, they have played a really important part in Paul's life. Um, Remember, uh, Paul is in prison. He's in Rome, and uh, he is in chains. And these Christians have helped him uh, throughout his time there. They have, um, they have been a support to Paul, not just in their prayers and not just in their thoughts, but they've sent like money to Paul to help support Paul and his work as he is in chains uh, in Rome. And... Uh, I know, there's, I know there's a number of you who, who, um, that do a number of things out in the community or, or in people's lives that nobody, nobody probably knows about. Um, a while back, I, I mentioned um, Juan Cortez, who is a missionary friend of mine in um, Mexico, and uh, the work that he does. And, and somebody in this church continues to support Juan and, and works alongside me because I can support him a little, but... But your help has, has been amazing uh, for Juan. And, and, and just so you know, whoever you are, he appreciates that a lot. And um, uh, he loves the fact that we care and that we pray and that we're thinking about him. But I know that there's other people that, that some of you support, that you help, that you uh, pay bills for, that you buy uh, furniture for, and, and all kinds of things. And nobody knows those things that are going on behind the scenes. And, and, but God does. God knows. You know, and, and that's an amazing uh, and a powerful witness to the world that, that, that people like, like God's people are doing things that nobody else will do. 
you know, nobody else cares to do or, or knows about or is willing to do. And so Paul is like thankful for their support. Nobody else knows that they're helping Paul, but Paul knows, God knows, and he's like, he's just willing to say, you know, thank you for your support. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for coming alongside of me and working with me. And again, on Wednesday nights, we're digging into this a little deeper. So come on Wednesday night and we'll go further. But Paul has, uh, like, to the Philippians, Paul has brought the gospel to him, to them on, their, on his second missionary journey when he went out and uh, took the gospel to the area of Philippi and he spread the word. And so if you think about it, on that first journey, Paul went out and planted seed in Philippi and in the surrounding areas of the gospel. Paul, like, left where he was in Jerusalem and he went to Philippi, and he shared the good news. Like, God said go, and Paul went. Isn't that awesome? Like, he just went. And what happened as a result of that is the people that he shared the good news began to share it with other people. And so now there's this church that's growing in Philippi, and many people are believing in Jesus because Paul went, shared the gospel, and they went. And they're going and they're sharing the gospel. That's cool. That's the way it's supposed to happen, right? You got saved, you came to know Christ, the light of Jesus came into your life, and your job is to go out and spread that light with everyone you can. That other people will believe, other people will come to know, and they'll tell other people, and they'll tell other people, and the gospel will spread as a result of your faith. That's called growing faith, right? That's growing faith. That's growing the kingdom. Well, that's what's happening. And then on his third journey, Paul visited them again. And now years later, he's in Rome, he's in prison, and now he's going to write to them this letter to encourage them, right? To share some things with them, to help them move forward in their faith. That's what Paul's like striving to do. He shared the gospel with them, and now he wants them to continue to grow up in their faith. That's pretty cool, right? I mean, it's just right there. It's just like down, down to the ground level, sharing your faith, encouraging others to grow in their faith. And he's very thankful for these people. So, so he's writing these words. And the first thing, the number one thing that we see in this passage, uh, number one is this, is that, that Paul sees their partnership in the gospel. So the idea of their partnership in the gospel. Paul is grateful for that. Their fellowship together with him, their partnership in the mission of Jesus and the spreading of the gospel. Paul came, shared it with them. They're going sharing it with others. And that's exactly what's supposed to happen. They're taking the good news that God sent his son to save us from our sin. And they're sharing that with the world. That's cool. And Paul sees that and he knows that and it's evident. Well, here's the thing. We're, we are partners you know, we're partners in the gospel together. You look around this room, we're partners. Like, like you can go into partnership in a lot of ways in this world, right? You can do partnership in lots of different things. But we are partners in the gospel. Like the most important work in the world. Like taking, sharing the love of Jesus with a world, with a world that is lost. And we are partners in this. This partnership that we share in together is the greatest partnership on the planet. It is the most important partnership on the planet. No matter what else you could ever do or whatever kind of money you could ever make, this partnership of sharing salvation with lost souls is the greatest partnership. And the thing of it is this. We are partners. We are partners not with each, just with each other, but with all those who have gone on before us. 
We share in a partnership with them. Since the creation of time and God's promises to Abraham and the prophets and the apostles, we are builders together with all of them. I mean, think of the word partnership. That's what it means. We're not just partners with people who are alive today, but we are, we are co-workers and partners with all those who have gone on before us and who are sharing in this ministry, this mission, the mission of Christ, the mission of God. We are co-workers together with them, and we are co-workers together with Jesus. And Paul said it to the Corinthians a couple times. In 1 Corinthians 3.9, he said, we are co-workers in God's service. And in 2 Corinthians 6.1, he says, we are workers together with God. Like we're, we're partners together with other believers. We're partners together with each other. We're partners together with God. And a partner is not just a laborer only, right? It's not just somebody who does the work. That's not the definition of a partner. But a partner is one who shares in the responsibility as well. Not just the work, but the responsibility for the work. See, it's not just about getting a job done, like, like the ministry that God has called each of us to. It's important that we're about the ministry that God has called us to as individuals. Right? That we, have a, we have a specialized mission that God has called you to. He's gifted you with His Spirit. He's put gifts in your life. And we're to be about that mission, a mission. But it's also about getting the job done, like the entire job, like the big picture job. Our little mission is part of a bigger mission, and that's what a partner is. Somebody who sees themselves from a kingdom perspective. Like we are building not just a little job, but we are building the kingdom of God on the earth together with lots of other people and all those who have gone before us. Like this is bigger. And we, we have to see ourselves as part of a bigger work. That as God builds in us, he is building a big work. And my little job, what little job God has called me to as a person, is part of a bigger picture that will go on. It's, it's, it's another link in God's chain of, min, of his mission that started with Jesus, before Jesus, but, but the, new, the church started with Christ, and it continues to to link itself to every generation. And we see we got to see ourselves as a part of a bigger picture. We're not, just, we're not just secluded on an island of our own. We are part of a work that has been going on and will continue to go on. And what we do in our time with, the, with our part is important. That we're building that we're building. So Paul points him to even more, uh, more forward as he talks about this passage of Scripture. He says we are partners moving toward this goal. And number two, he says, and he, he says, and he will carry it on to completion. Look what he says. He who began a good work, right, in our verses, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until when? Until the day, until the day of Christ Jesus. That's what Paul says. He says that we're partners together in the gospel, and he who began the good work in you, he's going to carry it on until it's done, till it's completed, till it's finished. He says, carry on the good work. In other words, continue this work. God is continuing to move it along. He's moving his work along, and anyone who wants to join in on that work is more than invited to be a part of the work, to join in. 
It's a work that won't stop. There's no quitting it. There's no stopping it. It's an ongoing work of God. And first of all, that work is being done in us, in you. I remember the song we used to sing, He's Still Working on Me, to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars, how loving and patient he must be, because it took him a week to do that, but he's still working on me. Like, like that's how much God cares about us as a part of his work. So he's doing this work, and he's doing this work in me first. And then he says, until completion. He who began a good work on you or in you will carry it on to completion. What is completion? When, when is completion? Well, completion is at the end of all things, at the end of time, when God finally says it's finished. Now, we may check out before that, and our work in us may end sooner than that, but the work of God is bigger than just me. I'm just a little piece of the whole pie, right? We're just a little piece of the puzzle. The work of God is completion, and the work of God is, he says it, the day of Christ, the day of our Lord, or the day that Christ returns. In 1 Thessalonians 4, he says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. When Christ returns, that's when it will be all completed. At least this phase of it, right? Because God works in these phases, and Jesus came as another phase in the church life and its phase, and one day Christ will come and put an end to one phase, and he'll turn the chapter to another phase. And so up until then, up until that moment, up until Christ returns, he's still working on me. He's still working on us. He's building in us. He's growing in us, right? He's moving us. He's moving us along. You feel like you're moving along with Christ? I hope you feel like you're moving along with Christ, like, like in this river, like you're in a river and you're moving with Christ. This current, this current of God is taking you forward. It's like pulling you and moving you, leading you. God's Spirit is leading your life, right? Individually, as a person, God is leading you. Jesus said true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth, right? And so God is leading us by the truth of his word and by the spirit that he put in us. He's leading us. And we are, we are literally, literally under construction. Like God is working on us. Under construction. Like see ourselves, we should see ourselves as a, as a spiritual work of God. That he's building in us. He's chipping away in us. He's pulling things out of our life that we brought in that shouldn't be there. He's removing those things, erasing these things, forgiving us here, and he's building in us something strong and something good. So we are literally under construction. He is working on us. And we are not only under construction, but we are predestined to be like Christ. I know that's a big word that people freak out about, but we are under construction, and the goal is, the blueprint is, you will look like Christ one day. Right? But he's working on you until that day, until the day of completion, when you will be more like Christ. He's began a good work. This is really good. Look what he says there. He began a good work. The word work there is the word uh, ergon, and it means, it's a Greek word, and it means to toil, or to act, or to work, to, to, be, to be active in doing. The word good there, the word good there in the Greek actually is the word work. So what he says here is this, he who began a work of works in you. Now that may sound kind of weird, but, but if you think about it, a work of works 
is better than a work. Like, in all of creation, God worked. But in you, you're a work of works. You're, like, greater than just a work. Like, he is building in us a work of works in our life. He is building in us something important, something big. And note that it is God who began the work. Right? Not the church, not me, not you. God began the good work, the work of works in you. And if God began it, God will finish it. Right? That's a promise. That's his promise. That if he begins something, he will see it through to completion. He truly is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Not just of all of creation and existence, but of you and the work he's doing in you. He is building this in you. He is working on you. And completion is where it will all end up. Right? As we remain in the vine, as we stay in Christ, and we work together with him as a co-worker with him, he will bring it about to completion. And the goal is his will is Christ-likeness. That's who you are becoming like. You are predestined to be like Christ. If predestination means anything, that's exactly what it means. In Romans, uh, passage in Romans chapter 5, Paul said it like this, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to do what? to be conformed to the image of his Son. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, at the bottom there, says we are moving towards sonship through Christ, through Jesus. We are predestined to be like Christ. Christ-likeness is our destination. We are becoming like Christ. And that passage in Galatians chapter 4 is about us being formed, or Christ being formed in you. God is, is forming Jesus in your life. Like as he's, as he's making you more like him. He's being formed like, like you would take Play-Doh and form it into, a, into something, into an object. Christ is being formed in your life. And the good work that he began in you, that good work or that work of works that he began in you, we could say it's, it's about the holiness of God living and growing and, and becoming brighter in our life. His holiness in us. Or we could, his likeness is being formed in us, and so we are becoming more like him. Or the, the work of the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the victory that we have over sin is growing in us. That's the good work that God is doing in our lives. We are becoming more perfect in Christ. We are becoming more like him. But according to the context, if you read the passage, it's about the gospel. It's the gospel that is being, is the good work that God is doing in us. The good work of the gospel, right? Our partnership, Paul says, with him, where? In the gospel, right? And the spreading of the gospel to the world. That, that good news of redemption that first begins in you and then moves through you to the world. And so the first two things Paul talks about in this, in this uh, little section is our partnership in the gospel, and secondly, that he will carry it on, he will carry it on to completion. Well, let's move to the next section, verses 9 to 11. Paul says this. Paul says this about this building that God wants to do in, in these Philippians' lives. Like, they're the church, right? And they're reaching the world, and, and they're trying to figure out what it means to be a church, and they're trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus. I mean, this is in Paul's lifetime. He, he took the gospel to them. He's now writing to them. So this is in a 40, 50-year period of time. 
Paul's now writing to them, urging them to remain faithful, to keep moving forward in their faith, to grow in their faith, to stay close to Christ. And he says this in verses 9 to 11, he says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. We studied this a couple weeks ago uh, as we studied chapter 1, and Bruce uh, uh, shared chapter 2 last week on Wednesday nights. And uh, Dan, who's got chapter 3? Who's got chapter 3? Anybody know? Phil? Phil's got it. I think Phil's got it. So Phil will be teaching on chapter 3 as we're moving through this letter, and it's such a good letter, and we shared some of these things before, but notice what Paul says in verse 9. He says, and this is my prayer. This is my prayer, Paul says. That's kind of big, you know? Like if you tell somebody you're praying for them, that's kind of important, right? Like you're saying, I'm talking to the creator of the universe for you on your behalf, and this is what I'm bringing to him, asking him to do in your life. That's not, that's a big deal. Like you go to the White House and tell the president whatever you want. It's not even close to approaching the throne of God. And saying to God, God, be with my friend. Or God, please help my, my family member. Or, or going to God on behalf of other people. And that's what Paul says. He goes, this is my prayer for you. I, when I talk to God, I talk to God about you. That's pretty big. And what Paul urges him to, this is like Paul's big hope. Like this is saying, I talk to God about you for these things. And, and he's going to share some things. He says, this is like his hope for them. This is where Paul is urging them to go, the direction he wants them to go. And he says that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. And so he, he says that you'll continue to grow, that your love will get better and better and stronger and, and fuller and will just blossom, right? The love of God in you will grow and it would just keep on going and keep on going and abounding more and more and more. And not just a, a, like a, a love that, like, like, like I just love everybody like, you know, uh, the flower children used to do. It isn't just about that. It's about a knowledge of loving per, a person in the love of Christ. It's a deep knowledge. It's an intellectual knowledge of love in depth and in insight. That's what Paul's saying. That, that our love that we have for people will be God's love and that we'll know it and we're a part of it happening because we're a part of what God is doing in us. It's a deep love. He says that your love will abound more and more. That God's high, long, wide, deep love, the love of God that's far beyond our human ability to understand will love through us. And that we'll be a part of what God is doing in us. Paul is, Paul is pouring his heart out in this letter to these believers because he wants them to grow in their faith. He's trying to build like building blocks in their life. Like as we consider our, our faith, we consider our spiritual growth and our journey with Christ, that we're a little better off today than we were yesterday. That we're, we're, we're in a very knowledgeable way, we are... We are letting God build blocks in our life that is growing us to be more like Christ. 
It isn't just happening on its own. It isn't happening without us. It's happening because we have surrendered our will to God. And we've asked God to change us, to transform us. And we're letting his word do that in us. And he's doing that. And then the other word he uses here is the word of discernment. He says that as God is building in your life, not only will he build a love that is abounding more and more, but, but your faith will have a discernment that the world doesn't understand. Like you'll be able to have this sense of like distinguishing what is good and what is right and what is wrong and what is true and what is a lie and, and things that are good, things that are approved of God and things that are not. Like you won't just guess when you make decisions, but you'll make them because, because you know the heart and the mind of Christ and you will make, you, it will make you more discerning as you make decisions in life, as you live. And this discernment leads to a purity and a blamelessness until the day of Christ. See what he says there? That, that, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for that day of Christ, for the day of Christ, when Christ returns. He's talking about a, like a discernment that helps us become more holy, more like Jesus, right? A holiness that is separate from the world, not in any being better or, or in judgmental way, but in a simple way of becoming more like Christ and less like the world. A holiness that says, I am going to like run from sin and run to God. Right? Because we live in a world where most people want to stay as close to sin as they can. Like we like to be right on the border of sin and still somehow sneak into the kingdom of God. Right? See a lot of that in the world. But that's not what Paul's saying here. He's saying that you'll have this discernment that will lead to decisions that will make you pure and blameless. As far away from sin as you can possibly get. And you'll run, you'll run toward God. And we're going to wrap it up with this. As the day, as the day is moving close to us, that day of the Lord, right? When Jesus returns and the clouds part and the trumpet sounds and Jesus comes, as that day is moving closer to us, we are moving closer to close Christ-likeness. Like those two things should be happening. Christ is coming and we're closing in on him. And when he appears, he won't have any problem recognizing us. He won't have any problem distinguishing who are his people and who are not. There'll be no doubt in his mind or anyone else's mind that we are living a life that is fully and completely surrendered to his will. That'll know exactly who his children are without any question at all.